Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here with another episode of the Thriving Farmer podcast. Today, my guest is Brian Sanders, who is the filmmaker behind the Food Lies documentary, host of the Top 5 Nutrition Podcast, Peak Human, and an international speaker. He graduated from UCLA with a degree in mechanical engineering. He works as the health coach at Evolve Healthcare and co-founded the health education company, Sapien. He also works to spread the awareness of regenerative agriculture and increase access to well-raised animal products through his company, Nose to Tail. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So talk to, you've got a lot going on, it sounds like. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, when did the when did the documentary start? Was that early, or is that kind of you know as you started doing some other things, you said there really needs to be this documentary made? No, that was first. Everything else fell into place around that. Okay. My, yeah, my whole mission has always been just to get this film out, get the word out about proper human diets, and then you know, like I said, things just fell into place. Started working with Dr. Gary at Evolve. So we actually see patients and, you know, treat people and get mm-hmm. them healthy, get them off meds, get, you know, reverse chronic disease. And then, yeah, the whole nose to tail thing too. It's, you know, I just wanted to find something that I believed in and I didn't want to just mm-hmm. advertise other people's products and, you know, everything just kind of fell into place because of that. Absolutely. Doc. Yeah. So let's talk about the premise behind the documentary. You said food lies, but what do you mean food lies? Well, yeah, I mean, really most things out there seem to be kind of lies when we're looking at just standard government, government advice. Right. And, and a lot of people don't know this. It's, it's like food and health and nutrition are so complicated, right? It's like yeah. everyone has their own idea about it. It's all conflicting you know, one diet is supposed to be great. It's vegan. And one diet is supposed to be great is carnivore. They are completely diametrically opposed yet. People say they have good results on both and right. And that, that really confuses people. And, and to go to like the food lies part, it's like, I mean, it, it, it is sort of a, a grand statement, you know, it's a little bit of like clickbait, if you will, but I do think they are lies because they're being perpetuated still. Like we had this bad idea of nutrition and we didn't even have all the science back in the day starting in the 50s and we we came up with these stupid ideas like eggs like oh cholesterol you know you can't eat eggs it's going to kill you it's going to clog your arteries it's like eggs are nature's perfect food mm. you know it's a superfood it's a real superfood or meat saturated fat is bad for you you know we had all these old ideas that have been actually proven out to not be true yet people don't know that they, we we continue on with these big organizations and governments and all these things, just pushing the same old message, even though there's huge studies, you know, there's a huge five part study in the annals of internal medicine, completely exonerating red meat. They said, there's no unsaturated fat. There's no evidence showing that, you know, meat or saturated fat are harmful to health. And no one knows about this. Mm -hmm. This happened in the last year. 
Mm-hmm. And because I think, well, let's look at your website. If you go to foodlies.org, right at the top, you say much of you've been told about nutrition is wrong. And you're showing a, a breakfast, which, you know, a thing of orange juice and some Mussolini. And you're, the caption is, this is not a healthy breakfast. Oh, yeah. Like uh, uh, granola. Yeah. It's like granola yeah. and orange juice and a piece of toast. You know, that's what's pitched. You still see these films or TV shows and it's like, oh, let's let's get breakfast, kids. And it's the <laughs> cereal and the orange juice. This is a terrible breakfast. This is what I grew up on. Didn't serve me well. What what I might, you know, this type of diet is what I continued to eat. And throughout my 20s, just started getting more and more problems. Actually, to go back a little, why I started making the film is because my parent, I've lost both my parents to chronic diseases because oh. they followed these guidelines, because they thought that eating a purely processed sugary granola and low fat yogurt and toast with margarine and a cup of orange juice was a healthy breakfast. Mm. This is why I'm so into this and why I just quit my job and started making this film four years ago with no plan, and no money is because this is what's going on across the nation and across the world. People are buying into this just propaganda. I think at this point, I can call it propaganda. It's just food industry pop propaganda that these highly processed sugary items filled with corn, wheat, and soy, you know, subsidized government, mm-hmm. you know, ag products and just preservatives and everything under the sun, except for, you know, healthy things. Uh, that's, what's being pitched to us as a healthy diet. And that's what's causing so much of the problems. That's why I lost my parents. That's why, I mean, I was losing my health. I was turned 30 and I was just had all these problems was, you know, becoming overweight. And all I did was go against all the guidelines and it all reversed in a matter of, you know, a year, I didn't have any of the ailments I used to have. And I lost four pant sizes. And wow. it, it's just crazy. It's just crazy that these, that this information is not known yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, if you look at what you have up there too, is just orange juice. You know, the whole thing about orange juice is they claim it has great vitamin C and, you know, my grandparents would have us have a glass every single morning, but what they don't tell you is that all these other vegetables and fruit I mean, like peppers have incredibly high levels of vitamin C, but it was the um, the lobbying of the citrus industry because they had so many oranges and they were trying to sell their orange juice. So they got the government to say orange juice is good for you. That's a perfect example. You can get vitamin C almost anywhere. You can get vitamin C from sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. You can get vitamin yep. C. Yes. Go eat a strawberry, you know, mm-hmm. eat it, eat the fruit in its whole form. Though I think the worst way to get vitamin C, the absolute worst way to get vitamin C is through orange juice because it comes with, uh, I don't know, like 10 teaspoons of sugar. If you look at if yep. you do the math on how much sugar is in it, why and would it, you want all that just to get a little vitamin C? And isn't it also very acidic so it can hurt your teeth? I mean, yeah. I mean, it hurts people's stomachs too. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. We've established that, that, you know, they're lying to you about food, they're lying to you about nutrition and kind of, let's say, where does the film take us? Not that you obviously give away all those spoilers and stuff, but what's kind of like, and I'm looking at too, at like the number of, of, of experts you have in this film is incredible. Oh yeah. It's been quite a journey. Got it. Got all the people I could think of around the world, all the best people. That's kind of why it's slow, a slow process to make a film. But we, we do cover a lot. 
we actually are trying to break it up into either a two-part film or a six-part series. I think mm. people like those series, you know, on Netflix. It's like you yeah. can watch little bite-sized episodes. So that's probably going to happen. And I, I can take you through the film because it's a good way to frame our discussion here. And it starts with evolution. You know, the first section is we're trying to answer the question, what should humans eat? Mm. Right. That's the main question we're asking in this documentary, right? Why is it so confusing? What should we eat? What's going on? You know, there's all this other stuff around it, but the real core of the questions is what should we eat? So we need to look back at our evolution. And I think all animals have a diet that they evolved on and that they thrive on. And this is not questioned in any other mammal or any other animal, except for humans, for some reason. Hmm. Well, I guess because we, we we're very adaptable and can live, we can survive off many different types of diets. So I guess it is confusing, but any other animal, we know that they have to eat a certain thing. Lions eat meat, rabbits eat greenery, whatever they eat, Yeah, <laughs> grass and carrots. So we don't dispute that, but with humans, because you know we're omnivorous and we can eat almost anything, it's really confusing. So, but we need to know what are we adapted to eat? And I don't need to go into you know every detail about it, but there are, I don't know, dozens of lines of evidence pointing to humans being very adapted to eating animal-based diets. Not that we're, and I'm saying we're carnivores and I'm not saying everyone has to do it, but yeah. our, our guts are, um, you know, a lot of par part of our digestive systems are built around digesting meat. And there's been many changes that have happened over, you know, millions of years that have led us to this. Yeah. And one of the things that's really cool on your website here is just the articles and studies that you just litter the entire thing with. Is it shows you the misconceptions, what you've learned, and then you go down to the articles and studies and show all of that. And again, it's foodlies.org that you can go check it out yourself. Um, but I think that aspect of things of, you know, you've very clearly laid out, here's the research, folks. Here's exactly what is actually happening out there. And there's so much more out there. I made that site four years ago and I actually didn't even update it. We're going to have hundreds of studies. So in the oh, wow. film, we're actually going to have a little pop-up thing in the corner that has a number. And then all the people who are going to be really triggered by all this information can go look it up and see every study. And yes, we'll have a companion website with all these studies. So it's all backed by science and, you know, the vegan films there are not, they're not, or they'll cherry pick some epidemiology. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now you have a degree in mechanical engineering. Did that kind of, you know, help you in any way as you're going through this journey or you feel like you completely left that? Uh, well, I think it really helped me to have this scientific background. I mm -hmm. also, you know, it's like first principles, like you've got to find the root cause of the problem. You know, engineer doesn't care about say a vegan's feelings. You care yeah. about well, how is this, is this building going to stand or not? Or is this jet engine going to work? It's not like, oh man, <laughs> this pilot, the airplane pilot, I care about his feelings. <laughs> like, no, you care about not killing people. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. So I love that scientific approach. I feel like we've lost that in mm -hmm. 2020 and 2021. Sadly, we've sort of lost the scientific method and a lot mm -hmm. more things have been based on feelings yeah. or other agendas or whatever. Yeah, I just interviewed, well, the podcast came out this week with Jeffrey Smith about GMOs. And mm -hmm. one of the questions I asked him was like a science objective. And he's, he just kind of looked at me as if I was nuts. Mm -hmm. um, but what he was talking about is just how, and what he didn't mean by science's objective is, is the people doing science objective. Mm 
because he was talking about how often um, the studies for the safety of Roundup or the safety of all these of the GMOs has been completely books been cooked to, to, to actually fit what the um, the Monsanto and, and Bayer wanted. Yeah, so, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, and, and I think you're, what you're saying there too is yes, you've got to follow that science, but we've also got to be careful of you know who's skewing the science and what people are saying about the science. Yeah, well, the, they do science, they do studies on studies, and they've proven that they're biased, or they, or you can just look at who's funding the studies. Yeah, and and now you can look at the the insane marketing budgets and the insane lobbying budgets of the big food industries, pharmaceutical industries. It's it's very obvious that information is being skewed and that there is a bias and that it makes sense because my, one of my taglines is the profits in the processing. Mm, so mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're sort of, you know, farming, ranching podcast, people know yeah. that there's no big profit margins in selling whole foods, a cucumber. Yep. We can sell a cucumber for a dollar or we can sell a jar of pickles for $7. And that jar of pickles contains one to two cucumbers, the profits in the processing. I mean, even in, yep. in a good way, I yeah. mean, yes, I do sell meat products and I can sell my biltong, which is kind of like a jerky for more because we yeah. had to process it and it, but it's still a good quality product, but most processing is terrible. I love this guy, Dr. Bill Schindler. He's a paleoanthropologist, professor and food scientist and does all kinds of things. And he's saying for all of history, food processing increased nutrient density. Everything we did mm, yep. increased nutrient density until the modern age. And especially in the last 50 to 70 years or whatever, hundred years. Now lion's share of food processing decreases nutrient density almost to zero, right? I mean, mm. if you're talking about just like yeah. eating a donut or any of these packaged foods that are, they're just sugar, flour, and oil mixed in different combinations with fake flavorings, there's zero nutrition. So processing has gone from fermenting, soaking, sprouting, even mm-hmm. just cooking is a form of processing to yeah. increase nutrient access and all this. And it went to the exact opposite and that's where the money's made. And you can sell a box of cereal that costs the company, I don't know, like three cents, six cents. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's like $6 for this box of cereal. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the new science ideas and how we should be eating. Um, you know, kind of, obviously we're back to the basics, you know, eating the, you know, red meats, grass fed. Talk to us a little bit more about kind of where the, where the research is taking us. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard. A lot of the science is actually kind of buried. There's a whole book on this called the big fat surprise by Nina Teichel's. She's okay. really great. What's that? Okay. Yep. I yeah. hadn't heard oh, of that one. Oh, amazing book. I, I think people will it's a great place to start. If you, if you just want to know, it's not, you know, promoting a certain diet or it's, it's, it's just an amazing story. It took her almost 10 years to write. It's not a story. Oh, wow. It's yeah. A, a, she's an investigative journalist. Um, by oh, trade. fascinating. Yep. And it just explains everything that happened. Why, why did we get the food pyramid and the dietary guidelines? And it's insane. It's insane. She dug up studies that were buried for 16 years in some guy's basement and it was proving that saturated fat wasn't bad for us. And what uh, the person who dug it up asked the original scientist before he died, like, why did you not publish this? He said, well, we were just so disappointed with the results. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine that. That's how science goes, right? It's, yeah. The bias is so deep that people just were like, wow, this 
doesn't show that, you know, that saturated fat's bad. We, it must be wrong. We, yeah. we can't, we, we can't show this to anyone. We got to hide it when the, instead of, instead of examining or, you know, the science is supposed to be about disproving your theories, really disprove, yeah. right. Disproving your theories. And then if it keeps holding up or you keep trying to disprove it and it, it keeps holding up, well, then maybe that's your operating theory now. And we can say, this is our best theory, but we never say the science is settled. And, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, a lot of science just isn't done well anymore. So big fat surprise goes through it all. And now since writing the book or in the past sort of decade, a lot of new science has come out like the one that I mentioned, the in annals of internal medicine, exonerating red meat mm. or all kinds of different studies on low carb diets. Uh, I like low carb diet studies. There's this whole world, keto, low carb. It's, it's great because it's just going against the mainstream. It's not like everyone has to do these type of diets, but they're just great because they're showing so much efficacy with these, this way of eating, showing reversal of uh, type two diabetes, reversal of all uh -huh. these diseases. It's just a whole new field of science that is coming out and just showing the exact opposite we thought, right? We don't need the six to 11 servings of grain. Saturate, we're, these are all these diets usually are based on animal foods and animal fats and saturated fats. And so, yeah, there, there's, uh, there's actually some data tables of there's over a hundred studies of these kind of low carb diets, you know, showing how effective they are and actually better than other types of diets. Mm -hmm. Okay. So red meats, fresh vegetables, fermented foods, what other things should we be eating? Um, yeah, well, any animal products, not just red meat. Yeah. So any red, okay. any, any animal foods, uh, if they're well sourced, I, I'd especially be careful with chicken and pork for yeah, finding yeah. good sources of that. Um, eggs for sure. Eggs are superfood. Like I said earlier, I would get definitely get the pastured eggs. I get corn free, soy free pastured eggs actually here in Austin from the farmer's market. Uh, then yeah, I love the fermented foods. I, I, I just, I just enjoy more like nutrient dense foods, I guess why I'm not in the low carb world per se, but mm -hmm. I, I enjoy that because usually it means more nutrient density. If you have a lot of like carby, starchy, sugary foods, that usually means you're just getting a bunch of excess yeah. energy, really, or it's just, you're, you're diluting your food of nutrients with extra sugar and starch. So mm. generally it's, it's better to find foods that with high nutrient density, which are the animal foods, you know, vegetables and not even fruit fruits are fine. The, the, there's a lot of excess energy really in them. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's better if you're eating a lot of fruits, if you're active. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And, uh, all right. So having the apple and the first thing I wake up is okay. Cause I'm going to go out and work all day long and burn that, that through. Absolutely. Well, and it's in its whole form. You're eating the apple yeah. whole. You're not drinking the juice. Once you separate the food from its fiber, especially the plant foods, well, plant foods are really the only ones with fiber, but sugary yeah. like fruits, you, you, you change the whole game. Basically you give your body just a big hit of blood sugar and subsequent insulin and all this stuff. And you don't want that. The simple <laughs> and the simple way to put it. Yeah. Hey, Thriving Farmers, where are you on your Thriving Farmer journey? So if you go to our website, growingfarmers.com, you can click on the assessment button, and that will take you to a form, ask you a few different questions, and that will help you figure out where you are on the five-stage 
thriving farmer journey. And what that does then is kicks you a customized PDF that gives you resources to know exactly what to focus on next in your business to go to the next level. So go to growingfarmers.com and click on the assessment. All right, so let's talk about some of these mistakes made by the doctors, scientists, and others in the past. Um, kind of where did that start? You know, how who invented the the food pyramid? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the film goes into all all of this. There's kind of a well-known story, Ansel Keys. So I don't want to tell it for the millionth time if people have heard it, or if you haven't heard it, then you will in the film, or you can look yeah. it up. Basically, just it's a bad science. You know, 1950s, Eisenhower had a heart attack. We didn't know what was going on. There, there was one theory that it was saturated fat, and there was another theory that it was, well, sugar and refined grains and stuff. There's also, looking back, you could say, oh, well, we're actually getting a bunch of trans fats and fake butters and margarine and seed oils and high omega-6, and a lot of people were smoking back then. So yeah. that was probably a big factor. But uh, again, Ansel Keys was on the saturated fat as the culprit, and he did some some really shaky epidemiology, looked at 22 countries, he chose the seven that fit his theory, drew a line that's, that made it seem like the more saturated fat you eat, the higher the, the heart disease. And then that kind of the rest is history. They're, they had a McGovern report and it kind of just became um, the dietary guidelines in 1980. And then mm. that became the food pyramid. And that kind of just opened up the door to the processed food industry. And then that's kind of just been what's perpetuating it ever since. That's why I say the profits and the processing, they have all the money to perpetuate it because mm -hmm. obviously it's in their best interest. So they can do the lobbying, they can fund the studies, they can do all the marketing campaigns to keep this notion alive that, you know, we should be eating all these processed carbs as the base of our diet. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people say, but you know, people are going to be truthful and people are going to, you know, look at the science and make the best decision. And we're like, well, there's still the alcohol, well, not necessarily the alcohol, but the tobacco industry out there who believes that that smoking is good and, and, and stress relieving. I mean, I don't know how you can still perpetuate that line of work when there's literally, I mean, every study out there just shows you that, that, um, you know, smoking is not good for your health. So I think, you know, you just got to get over that. There are people out there that care about profits over people. Yep. And, and people should just know that I'm waking up to that in every aspect of life. It, the government doesn't really care about you. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> just know that, just know they don't care about you. It, it's just, yeah. It's not how it works. They're yeah, trying to, it's like, it's almost like they're just trying to manage a preschool. You know, it's just like, all right, there's these rugrats. We got to like keep them in line and get on to the next day. I feel like that's kind of how the government operates these days. Yeah. Yeah. Now, all right. So we've talked the science. Let's kind of move into your company because you got a company called Nose to Tail, focused on regenerative agriculture to produce super high quality meats. Um, obviously, that was an outputting of the, the film and everything you're doing there because you said, okay, so if I tell people about this, now I got to feed them. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, what's the best way to not go broke? And what's what do I believe in? And it's hmm. definitely regenerative ag. And we actually just relaunch on October 1st with a whole bunch of new ranchers in West Texas. And, and now all are them are regenerative before it was just, you know, grass fed, grass finished. Mm -hmm. and, but now, yeah, this is something that, well, everyone should get behind really. And I always say, you don't have to buy from me. I mean, I, I think you should find your local ranchers that are doing things well 
and, and get it from them straight from them. But if you can't find that, or you don't want to, then yes, then you can just get it online from nose to tail. Mm -hmm. That's going to be super helpful after everyone watches the film. So talk about the symbiosis between the animals and the earth and exactly talk, what does regenerative mean to you? Well, yeah, I actually just put out a video about this. You should check out the food lies YouTube channel. Okay. And I have my people how to properly raise beef. And we did just really nicely shot video and they tell the whole story in, in just, you know, four and a half minutes, but actually they started back uh, with Alan Savory and his courses. People probably know about him, mm -hmm. he had a famous Ted talk and all that. And, uh, he did holistic management courses back in the late eighties. So my beef people took his classes and really you know, it's, it's about regenerating the land. I mean, it's, you need diverse species growing in the, you know, grasses and all these things to cover the ground and grazing animals help accomplish that, right? There is all part of an ecosystem and everything yeah. we're doing in this modern day is splitting up things and doing them for production yields and making them I guess more efficient, you could say, but not efficient. If you're talking about quality nutrients, right? We're getting more <laughs> calories, but not more nutrition. We're, you know, splitting things up, doing monocrops and then growing chickens and pigs in a warehouse. Like it's yeah. insane. It's insane. They're supposed to be grown together and the manure feeds the land and there's a harmonious cycle. And, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's going on. That's what's going on with I mean, I guess you've, you've talked to, you know, all kinds of different farmers and ranchers, I'm sure, but especially in West Texas, especially where land, it's drier and the land needs regenerating because it's been basically just stripped of all nutrients for, for by not having animals on it or by doing, you know, the wrong kind of intensive monocrops, it needs to be fixed and, and doing the holistic management, rotating the animals, uh, you know, just using these regenerative methods can do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so you have meats on there. you got some seasoning blends. You're also doing, um, as you said, that type of jerky and then some body care and stuff like that. Um, where do you see that going? Well, yeah, the, the body care, especially we we're doing a beef tallow body care. People love it. People love it. It's really, well, I'm just trying to get it out there to more people and just get natural products to people. Um, I mean, I guess I'd love to expand, but I, I'd also just love for more people to start doing this and start waking up to, you know, stop using chemical soaps from some big manufacturer, you know, like we, we, it's just about going back to nature. Really. That's those are the products I'm trying to do is just, what did we do back in the day? Right. It's like, well, mm -hmm. we, we made soap out of lye and, or if we had like ash from a fire and some fat and mm -hmm. you mix them together and it saponifies and you, you know, you get soap. So let's do that. I mean, we're even trying to go beyond that, even beyond nose to tail. We're trying to actually create a whole decentralized food network and even communities. This is our newest thing that we kind of just started talking about today. And I don't, I actually do have a site, sovereignhumans.org. Okay. Sovereign, sovereignhumans.org is our, it's actually not even up. Maybe before this goes live, we'll get it up, but really that's my ultimate goal. I don't want to, you know, just talk about my products. I'd rather just start a movement of people connecting with nature, connecting with being mm -hmm. a human again and going outside the system and creating decentralized food networks to feed their own community 
And I think we're, we're going to try to do that as the first node in this network outside of Austin. And that's kind of what we're working on. Very cool. Now let's talk about the name, nose to tail. What does that mean? Um, what's the benefits for reusing the whole animal? Yeah, well, I'm glad this term is going around. People are understanding nose to tail more. It's what we've always done. I visited Africa recently, spent time with the Hadza and the Maasai and the and pygmies and some other tribes. And this is how they eat. They use the whole animal, right? This is what we've always done. Native Americans and bison and using every part of the animal, right? From the hide and the bones and everything. So, I mean, yes, we, we do sell that in those tail. We eat bone broth and all the organs and all that type of stuff. But then we're also just encouraging that lifestyle in general where just embrace the, all, all the aspects of the animal. Actually, the animals, I think it's about 400 different products are made from, say, a, a cow. And no one really knows this. And what the vegans don't really understand is what would happen if we didn't use all these products from animals? We'd have to make them synthetically with fossil fuels and with plastics and with all these other things. Like No one has accounted for this when they're doing the equations of you know, the impact of animals on the land or, you know, carbon equivalents or methane or any of that. So I think it's just important to realize how, how useful animal products are and more than just providing great nutrition. And, oh, even another thing is, is food waste. There's way more, it's like 70% of the food waste is from plant foods. And so it, people don't waste animal foods. They understand they're valuable and they use them. So that's just kind of one more knock against this idea that animals are sort of harmful to the environment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So when is the film coming out? Well, we work on it daily. Uh, I, I will have to get back to it as soon as I get off the line. We uh, next year, I mean, it, hopefully the earlier than later, mm -hmm. but uh yeah, I'm trying to get it out on Netflix. We have a distribution company that's interested in getting it on Netflix and everywhere around the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, tell us a little bit about the the health coach aspect. So you just uh, work one-on-one -on -one with folks there to kind of um, educate them about what's right for them? Yeah, yeah. I don't have a lot of time for that, but I do take on people here and there and or work with Dr. Gary. Mm -hmm. um, he's in LA. So if anyone's in LA, they can look up Evolve Healthcare. But I've, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot by working with patients directly because man, everyone's different, right? There's so many different mm. ways to do it. There's so many different preferences, lifestyles, religious beliefs, cultural family. And so, you, you know, it's not like kind of one size fits all solution. So it's been really good to learn about how people work, what works for them. But mm -hmm. I mean, yes, you can find a lot of consistencies, which is interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. So then, um, you work one-on-one, -on -one. how long does a typical, like how long do you work with someone for a couple months or. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of just do, well, we do have a program at sapien.org and you know, we have a 12 week program and you can work with one of our other health coaches, but I, I kind of just try to come in and work with people in just like a one con like an hour consult. And then we can try to get blood work done. And then Maybe it's just more of just once a month checking in because um, I find it pretty 
effective to just give people some of these interventions and it, it just seems to work, right? They're not simple. It's not like I'm telling them they have to eat some low calorie salads, mm -hmm. you know, and just be starving all the time. It's like, Hey, let's do something you can sustain. Let's do something that you enjoy, like eating foods you enjoy and keep you full. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get people back to the basics. All right. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate you sharing about the film, sharing about um, food. And uh, okay. So as a farmer who is, you know, high energy needs a lot of, of calories a day, what kind of go-to food should I be snacking on during the day? Or oh, should man. I not be snacking? Well, I mean, yeah, there's a whole thing there, but you know, intermittent fasting people probably heard yeah. about. And I mean, I think you got to figure it out. I don't think it's good to eat all the time, but I don't think everyone needs to do you know, okay. extended fasting, but I think we had it. I, we, we, sorry, we had it figured out back in the day, your great grandparents, what were they doing? I would do that. They were out probably farming and ranching. Yeah. Right? So yeah. what were they doing? They ate a hearty, they ate a breakfast. They had a good hearty lunch and good hearty dinner. You know, maybe they didn't even, I know some ranchers and farmers that eat, would just eat two big meals a day. Yeah. You know? So, and I, and what were they doing? They're eating whole foods. They're eating animal foods. And they were fine. They were fine. Mm -hmm. So if you stick to whole foods, you stick to two to three hearty meals, embrace animal foods, animal fats. I think you're good. You can't go wrong. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Brian. All right. Well, thank you. Hey, Thriving Farmers, have you checked us out on YouTube lately? We have a bunch of new content there, including a few rants by me. I uh, want to tell you, you don't want to miss them. Um, I actually go rant about you know some of the problems I see in our space and some of the challenges I see farmers uh, facing. So go check that out. We've got instructional videos over there as well. Talk about setting up our new farm here in Ohio and all the steps we're going to do that, as well as just tutorials and tips on best practices for all sorts of things on the farm. So go ahead, check over at Growing Farmers on YouTube and see the new content we put together for you. So there you have it, another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.